welcome to the podcast of the Asian American Podcasters Association with your hosts, Lee Weihara and Andrew Wong. Hi, I'm Lee. And I'm Andy. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> Andy, what have we got for everyone today? Today we're talking about traveling, food while traveling, and recording your podcast while on the road. Exactly. So let's start off with you. Where did you recently go? I was in Taipei, Taiwan for just about three days. And then from there, I went to Tokyo, Japan for the first time. And I was there for about five days. It was a great trip. I, I got home and it took way too long to get over the jet lag, but <laughs> uh. I'm, I think I'm finally <laughs> there. It took a week. Yes. I find the older I get, <laughs> the harder it is. Yeah. I think it's it's got to be partly age, but yeah, I went like four straight days with three hours of sleep each night. And by day four, I was starting to get delirious. Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out there. That movie Crazy Rich Asians made food sound really good. And I love Japanese food and I love to eat a lot when I'm in Tokyo or any other part of Japan. I've never been to Taipei. So we're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about recording. But we've got some really great news, wouldn't you say? Big news. Yeah, great news. Great big news. <laughs> the great big news is this, other than we have a podcast, right? <laughs> Is. That's old news. This is episode nine, I think. Did we announce that? Um, we should probably put that on our list. No, I don't. Not in not in the podcast. This is like a podcast debut announcement. Yes, and we need to announce that to our members, I think. But anyway, our even bigger news is that Asian American Podcasters is now nonprofit at the state level here in New York. So it's Asian American Podcasters Association. <laughs> A nonprofit corporation? Yes. Hold on. Let me say that with uh, more conviction. A nonprofit corporation. <laughs> yes. And so now we've got to keep working to do the 501c3, which is the federal status. So we are official, folks. We are not just a Facebook group. Yeah, great news. And so that means we'll be able to uh, seek donations to fund programs and wonderful workshops and gatherings. And it's an exciting development. Yeah, we hope that it'll enable us to do additional things and some cool things. And help you, the listener. All right. So I think it's about time for gear talk. Yes. Gear talk or food talk? Well, let's see. We could do food talk first. You choose the Nolan, the appropriate <laughs> Nolan drop for this. Nolan, we love you. All right, who's hungry here? Because AAP Food Corner is next. All right, so you went with food. I did. So what was the most delicious thing? Wait, did you eat like grasshoppers or something? You had put a post out that said a challenge that if, if somebody voted for your show or something, you would eat something. Yeah, I can't even remember what it was. It was, a, it was like duck, duck something. No, Some organ. it yeah. was no, I thought it was like a grasshopper or something. No, no, it was no grasshopper. Okay. I, I wouldn't eat the insects. Actually, you know, if it's fried, I would consider it. <laughs> 
And so, so is that, if you're listening, have you eaten some fried insects? You must, you must tell us. Tag us at AA Podcasters or send us an email or leave a voice memo at aapodcasters.com and let us know. Okay, okay, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, I'm trying to find what the heck I was offering to eat. It was really like a, a cheap ask for votes for the podcast awards. I was like, if people vote for me, I will eat this. And so where are you with the whole podcast award? What award show is this? There is a podcastawards.com for the month of July. They're taking listener nominations for who, whichever shows are on the list. And then the top 10 will go on to be judged by some panel of experts. I don't know what that means. So where where are you where are you on that or where's your show or what? I'm just one of the shows in the business category. I don't know how many there are, but I'm hoping to make the top 10 so that I can continue to the next stage. Okay. What I posted was caramelized duck tongue. And I would imagine those are pretty tiny, no? I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe these are some really big ducks. Uh, what was funny is that I posted this picture to social media and I said, oh, if you vote for me, I will eat this. And like my friends in the U.S., they're like, that's really gross. We admire you for like being willing to eat that just for some votes. <laughs> and then my friends who are in Asia started chiming in and they're like, you know, those are really tasty. Those are really good. So-and-so really loves those. So I, I couldn't offend them. I was like, all right, well. Maybe I should try it, but I, I actually have not tried it yet, but I'm willing. Okay, so here's a question for the listener. What is the craziest thing you would do or eat for a download or an award nomination or vote? <laughs> yeah, you know, podcasters will probably do a frightening, they'll go pretty far for downloads. <laughs> <laughs> Probably further than you would think. Right? I, you know, I live in New York City, and you're just across the, the water over in Jersey. And I've often thought, I look around when I'm on a crowded train, and I've often thought, wow, you know, if I just make a big sign with a QR code, maybe I could get more listeners. <laughs> like, instead right. of panhandling for money. <laughs> or you could have a bowl of caramelized duck tongues <laughs> and offer to eat those as people. It's like they open up their app go to the Apple podcast and subscribe and then you pop one. <laughs> I would do that. Exactly. <laughs> it's called guerrilla marketing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's really It's got to work better than posting shows to Facebook. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Please share with us what you would do for a download nomination or an award. Yeah. So I did not try the like duck tongue. There were, duck tongue there were duck hearts i didn't eat those things although i've had duck heart before my favorite foods in taiwan were one bubble tea i love bubble tea yes go i on. love pearl milk tea mm. uh eating i tried i went to the night market which is very uh well known there a lot of street foods i had cho dofu which is stinky tofu is that the translation yes that's the direct translation I had chodofu. It's like, um, I guess it's kind of fermented. And it was delicious. My 11-year-old tried it and she loved it. Nice. Um, I went to Din Tai Fung, 
which they have on the West Coast, famous for soup dumplings, Xiaolongbao. And uh, that was delicious. I was only in Taiwan for three days, and I went to Din Taifung twice. And then the fruits there are always so good. Did you have dragon fruit? I did not have dragon fruit. And, you know, to, to offend my Asian brothers and sisters again, Uh-oh. dragon fruit, I think, is really cool to look at, but usually doesn't have that much flavor. This is true. Like, it looks really cool, and then you eat it, and you're like, you know, not that impressed. There are <laughs> many, many other fruits that I want. There's one fruit that I wanted, and I didn't have a chance to get it. I don't know what it's called in Chinese, but... In English, we call it Buddha head because it kind of looks like a Buddha. Huh. I haven't had it for many years, but the inside, it's really sweet. It has like the sweet, tender meat, and it kind of reminds me of mangosteen, which is another fruit that I can't get over here very often. Oh, wow. I don't know either of those, so I will have to Google that as soon as we finish this episode. <laughs> Some of those are like eating candy. Like they're, they're fruits, but they taste like candy. Oh. They must be... A lot of sugar. You know, I like the candy haw flakes, which I can only get in Chinatown. I guess they're made from plums or something. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? They they come in. They... I absolutely know. They <laughs> they come in like these little circular packets, like instead of quarters. Yes. There are haw flakes <laughs> in there. Yes. And I love those things. My mom always has haw flakes in her purse <laughs> because my kids. <laughs> she gives them to my kids all the time. Oh my gosh, I want to meet your mom. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, over on the uh, the side of Manhattan here, I was eating the uh, shirataki noodle ramen because I'm trying to cut down on my carbs. So I don't really have much to add to this food talk conversation <laughs> at the moment. Well, did you have any good eating in Kentucky? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. So thank you for the reminder. Yes, I went to a place called Red State Barbecue. The brisket, and I'm not a big brisket fan, but this was amazing. Apparently, brisket comes in long, thin slices, you know, maybe at a Jewish deli. But this brisket was in chunks. It was flavorful. Oh, my gosh. It was it was amazing. So uh, thank you for that. Yes, it was delicious. Great barbecue over there. It was amazing, amazing. And uh, I actually interviewed the owner, but I had to use a cell phone, not my own, because mine was dying. And so I suppose we could talk about that in Gear Talk. Yes, let's go to Gear Talk. Oh, before we go to Gear Talk, just really quickly, in Tokyo, the ramen was amazing. The tonkatsu I had was amazing. And I went to a sushi place with the conveyor belt that super cool because you have like a little computer terminal in front of you. I mean, I don't have to tell you, you know, but for the listener, I've been to sushi conveyor belt restaurants where the sushi is just going around the conveyor belt and you just grab what you want. But that's not how it worked. They had a little terminal in front of each person you order and then it's made to order in the conveyor belt delivers it to you and it stops right in front of you so that was a lot of fun and i think it was only it was about a dollar per piece at the conveyor belt sushi place so i i ordered up so like a a family of four that added up i bet 
not too bad. I had like a set plate for myself and then I ordered three or four additional pieces individually. And I think I spent around $16 and my kids are young. So they, they spent less. Nice. They must have spent about $10 per person. Oh, nice. That's not bad at all. It was, it was fairly reasonable, but it's the 110 yen per piece sushi place, which is very reasonable. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the inexpensive sushi place. <laughs> and they're all eating egg. <laughs> <laughs> the the egg sushi, as you know, is, is less expensive than, say, the, the raw fish. But anyway, yes, Gear Talk. Nolan, take us to Gear Talk. You know what really grinds my gears? Gear Talk. And it's up next. All right, we're talking about recording on location. When Andy was on his way to Tokyo, I said, hey, Andy, please, while you're there, record something so we can say recorded live in Tokyo. Hey there, it's Andy again. I am recording here from the hotel lobby in Tokyo, where I'm wrapping up my 10 days of travel in Asia. And I'm looking out at a misty, rainy day. But the view is beautiful. I can see the Tokyo skyline, all the buildings. And I hope that you can hear the energy and excitement of the people. In this segment, I want to talk about planning ahead when you're away from home. Hopefully, you schedule your shows ahead of time. I know that Rocky Lalvani of Richard Soul Podcast, he's always two to three months ahead. So kudos to Rocky. Others prefer to keep interviews fresh by only recording and publishing one to three weeks out. I'm kind of all over the place. I mean, the reality is that I get busy with work, family, life gets in the way. However you prefer to do it, it does take some planning ahead if you're going to be away from home for vacation or for business travel, whatever reason. In my case, I did an interview I recorded the intro, outro, everything that I needed for a complete episode. And I uploaded the MP3 with show art and the description to my show host before I left. I did make one mistake, though. I totally forgot that I hadn't created and scheduled my show notes page on my website. So on the day of, I did check. I checked to make sure that the MP3 had been released. But when I went to my web page... Of course, the page wasn't there. So I had to scramble a little bit, and I did that. It ended up working out great. I kept my weekly publishing schedule, even though I was on the other side of the world. Now we'll see what happens when I get home, totally jet-lagged and with lots of catching up to do. I hope that this gives you some insight into the planning, preparation, and things that you can do to get ready ahead of being away, and then even things that you can do from the road if you have a computer, laptop, or you can use your cell phone. That's it for now. Sayonara from Tokyo. So what did you find after doing that, Andy? (laughs) What did I find? It was really funny because if I give you the behind the scenes, I got so engrossed in trying to do a quick recording that I actually missed my bus to go to the airport. No. Oh, no. The Japanese are very timely. Yes. Like, I realized that, oh my gosh, it's almost time for, for me to get the bus. And I had to go to the uh, like bellhop to get my suitcases because they were holding them for me. And then the woman took a really long time to get my suitcases. So I was getting panicked. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. And she finally gives me my suitcase and I go running, take the elevator down. And I was about two minutes late, bus gone. Oh no. I had to go back upstairs and figure out how to get the next bus. It, It was very, very foolish. Uh, <laughs> About the life of a podcaster. Should I apologize? Because I gave you that assignment. <laughs> uh, no, it was just poor planning on my part. Oh. And I got a little carried away. Because oh, <laughs> what also happened was that I recorded on my phone and then realized that I had not plugged my earbuds in properly. So oh. it recorded poor quality. So then I'm like, I'd need to do this again. And that was my downfall. So whenever, I think the key here, the key point is when you're trying to do a quick recording, it may actually take you an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was an adventure because after that, I found out that there was another bus just not picking me up from the hotel. I needed to run like 10 minutes to go to the... Uh, train station bus station so i was sweating and but it was it was all a happy ending i i made the bus i made it to the airport and it was all good nice and so when i went to lexington kentucky i tried to do a hybrid thing where the lexington podcasters run by jennifer longworth and uh we put it together with Asian American podcasters and women of color podcasters as a presentation. And I gave the talk avoiding newbie mistakes. And really, uh, there were, I think I had maybe 20 tips altogether. But the exciting thing is that I went to I ended up at Guitar Center, because I forgot my personal PA system. Because when I give a talk, I don't like to just use my voice. I think it should be amplified. And I think that a newbie mistake is giving a talk without a microphone. You want your audience, even if there are 10 of them in a room, you want them to hear you. And so I went to Guitar Center. And I did I found a unit and the guy was so great. His name is Dylan and he has a band and I'm going to have to give him a shout out on my own show. But he spent literally 45 minutes to an hour with me trying to jimmy rig a small portable PA system with all of the equipment in the store because they only, you know, they have these large guitar amps and things. They're not like a B&H photo video or a Sweetwater, right? So he was amazing. And then at the end of all of that, There was sitting on the shelf that I happened to go pass by on my way out feeling dejected. And I was like, wait, what is this? Turns out it's a you it's a company from the UK called Blackstar. Blackstar Superfly is this small portable PA. It's a guitar amp, but you can hook up a microphone, you can hook up a Bluetooth, you can hook up a 3.5 millimeter plug of some sort. And so I ended up using that and it sounded amazing. And then I had to figure out how to put it in my luggage on the way home. Was one of your tips don't miss your bus because you're recording a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, actually, in my it's a case, newbie mistake. It was pack lightly in case you buy audio gear on your trip. <laughs> I've never heard of that Black Star. Me uh, neither. Amplifier. But it's amazing. I'll put it in the show notes. Well, one of us will, right? <laughs> cool. 
So the other thing is, before we wrap up, I wanted to bring up something that I've noticed so far is this Asians versus Asian Americans terminology. I've seen both used interchangeably, but I've also realized since we've started this Asian American Podcasters Association is that some people... Uh, they they not buckle, but they bristle when they hear Asian Americans being referred to as Asians or something. Uh, and I'm new at, on this scene. So, Andy, do you have any thoughts? You know, I even get confused within Asian American podcasters because we are Asian American Podcasters Association. Yes. But when I'm posed with the question... Will you include an Asian Canadian? Well, of course. I say yes. Yes. Or if someone is in France and they're like, I'm in Paris, is that okay? Yes. I always say yes, that's fine. But we do say we're, we're Asian American podcasters. But I mean, so Andy, if somebody called you Asian versus Asian American, would either bother you one more than the other or? Asian American to me is just more specific and fair enough asian is okay too because it's like if there's census which even people you know they they do get concerned about the census and how specific and there are certain groups that are excluded yes but like asians to me is just a broader group okay and asian american more specific I was born here, so right. I'm Asian American. And so you, our listener, if this is something that you feel one way or the other about, please do reach out to us at AA Podcasters, or you can email us info at aapodcasters.com. And we're going to have to change that to .org pretty soon. I know, right? <laughs> but reach out and tell us what you think. And uh, I just want to mention that the reason mainly that Asian American Podcasters Association, that the reason there is no hyphen in it is I just thought it was a pain. But there's a debate about the hyphen in Asian American as well. So Please let us know your thoughts. Leave a SpeakPike message at our on our website, rather, at aapodcasters.com. So thank you so much for taking time to have us be part of your day and listen to the show. If you have anything you'd like to share with us, you have great news, good news, a new show. Oh, before we wrap up, I would like to give a shout out to members Susan McCormick and Toshiki Nakashige. They have just started their podcast. It's called The Big Root, a podcast about everywhere Japanese Again, that's the big root. Congratulations, you two. Can't wait to hear all about how it began and how you're doing. So please let us know. Andy, let's say goodbye. Yeah, congratulations. We love to hear whenever someone launches a new show. So kudos to you. We will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.